Tuesday the 3rd of October 2017. Today is a bit of a red letter day. The shed is coming and will also be erected. Such excitement after the whole family being so involved with all the preparations for this moment. I suspect that it will be difficult to keep Jonty and Rose's mind on their schooling. Luckily, today's lessons are all usually very much enjoyed by the children. We have some early morning maths, after prayers and some geography. We're going to spend more time this term looking at our local geography and in particular our very famous river that runs through our town. The River Thames is such an amazing river. Reaching from a tiny trickle at Letchley to our wonderful capital city, London, and out through the estuary and on into the sea. I think that it would be a great project this year to follow its route, perhaps taking a trip up to Letchley and working down following its widening and ever-broadening trail. There will be so many interesting geographical sites to look at and it will be a study that the children will always remember. We can look at how the forestry and trees change as it passes through different soil regions and look closely at the riverbank life and how that differs from region to region. In our town, we have the world-famous regatta held every year on the last Saturday in July. We also have the River and Rowing Museum with its wealth of information on the River Thames. There is a delightful section dedicated to the novel, Wind in the Willows, as the author apparently drew his inspiration from this stretch of the river. What a wonderful book that is. David and I have read it to all of our children, and David's favourite chapter is Piper at the Gates of Dawn, and he always insists on reading it when we come to it during any family reading time with the children. We have had a very busy day today. A visit from the plumber this morning, trying to fix the dripping tap in the ensuite bathroom. This is proving to be more difficult than one usually expects. A dripping tap to be, however, we have finally found a plumber who has the answer. The problem arises because when the bathrooms were put in 32 years ago, we were into all things French and all of the plumbing accessories are French and they somehow have to be fitted into a standard British plumbing system. It has been difficult to replace these fittings and it has defeated several plumbers. But I now have a plumber who seems to know what he is doing and this morning he stopped it dripping and will be back at the end of the week with a new suitable set of taps he is buying online. All this would be done without taking down the bathroom tiles, which we could never replace. Hurrah! All the previous plumbers have spelled doom and gloom for the bathroom. Tiles and decor. While I was dealing with the plumber, Rosie was given the task of reading with Jaunty. I could hear this going on and was immensely impressed with Rosie's perseverance and Jaunty's tolerance. It was highly successful, a calm, quiet time from which they both benefited. I was expecting to hear mayhem break out, but all was calm and cooperative. After the plumber went, the children and I settled down to continue with maths, and before long the shed arrived, and with two workmen eager to erect it. Once again I had to leave the children to help each other. This time it was Jaunty helping Rosie, 
as he is a little better at maths than she is. Once again they excelled themselves, but I could see that they were beginning to become restless and were curious to see what was going on outside. The men were bringing walls and roof of this very large shed off the back of a lorry and through the double side gates at one side of the house. The ramada that runs along each side of the house and is covered with vine and roses was only just high enough to allow them to pass. Sadly, the procedure of erecting the shed was potentially too dangerous for the children to go down and watch how it was done. However, they were allowed to watch from the window. After all, they had been, like all the family, very involved in all the clearing-up operation after the fire and all the preparation, not to mention the concreting of the base. After a couple of hours, the job had been done. David had rang home a couple of times to see how it was all going. I think he would have liked to have been here to see it go up. I finally let the children go down to see it. It doesn't look much like a large, humble, barn-like shed that was originally there and subsequently got burnt down. This one is a chalet-style building with an overhang reminiscent of the chalet-style shelters to be found on the side of mountains in the Swiss Alps. It's very pretty and smells strongly of wood preservative. Nothing like the sheds of my childhood, but time will change that. Anything at the rise eventually gets well-worn and used by our busy life and our tolerance of all living things will ensure that before long, lots of mini-bees, spiders and others will take up residence. Life itself will leave its patina of age on it and as it does on all things, including us, and it will snuggle down in our garden and soon gather a sense of belonging. At the moment, it stands very pugnaciously looking down at its companion in the distance, the old, worn and rugged chicken compound with its noisy but happy occupants. The old maidens now fully accepting the new girls and all of them exchanging noisy conversation about, no doubt, this gingery-toned newcomer that has just been erected nearby. The ginger tone bothers me slightly, but I was reassured that this soon goes off and will be replaced by a natural brown wood, which will be well blended when viewed through the nut wood. Inside the shed is very smart. There is no longer a strong, heavy wooden Victorian workbench with built-in vices and clamps, all which perished in the flames. And so the bench-like wide shelf runs the full way down one side of the inside of the shed, and there are no less than eight windows, giving lots of light, no longer dark, dim and mysterious corners for the children to investigate and pretend that they have found a portal into a mysterious and unknown world. After lunch, it should have been piano for the children, but with so much going on, we spent time in the garden instead. It was a sunny afternoon, and I was able to see how much sun the new greenhouse would get in its proposed position now the shed was up. And it looks good, and enough to grow tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, aubergines and chilies. Must have chilies. The day has been very eventful, and a happy day. The little ones had cups this evening and David got home from work just in time to take them after they had had their tea. But not before we walked down to see his new man shed. I said to him that I could not wait to get the garden tools, etc. out of the entrance hall 
and out of the scullery. Yes, he said, but he continued, not until I have all the hooks and peg and pin board up so that everything will all have a place and everything will be in its place. Oh, I groaned in the It's going to look like B&Q inside forever. Never mind, I thought. I should clad the outside with rambling roses and clusters of naturalised snowdrops, crocus, daffodils and anemones. I went to collect the eggs this evening and our neighbour was looking at the shed and admiring it. She said that he thought that he would put up a similar one on his side of the boundary. At the moment, we have a lovely view across this land and into the far distance of the valley, which was made possible by the fire taking the outbuildings and the trees which will be blocked again if he puts up a shed. So I asked him if he would put his shed just a little bit further down and he said that he would. He's such a lovely guy. He and his wife are really the nicest neighbours anyone could have. Plenty of eggs from the hens today. And they all seem to be very happy and very congenial towards each other. We stood watching them for a while, the children and I. They're so funny and such time wasters. Time for tea. I think that we shall have some of those eggs. Swan. This is another of David's poems, which I particularly like. And he wrote after a holiday on a longboat. Picture the scene. I'm steering my longboat, Heron. It's August, but it's cool, and the rain is falling in showers. I'm ploughing my way through and making waves beneath the willows. A startled heron makes peace above the reeds, and a coot tiptoes over lilies to the bank. Beneath the elms that line the bank, the rain plays a minuet on the water. If I had ears to hear each melody that dances between the furrows in the fields, a hefty crow on base churns for worms and plucks the stealths. It is a harmony I had not expected in the shallows and the shadows. Strange. Then to sense a change incongruity of eddies and stillness in the breeze. Something wrong among the rushes of this stretch. The light cooler, an ache below the surface. Something wrong. The atmosphere twisted its shift in the elements, unexpected and sad. I was alert and focused in this dream, this rushing sadness with willows soothing the water in preparation. Then, there, white and grey amongst the rushes, a swan lay weeping and dead, caressed then caressed by the bright light on the wave. I slowed the boat but drifted past, sluggish and heavy with grief. Time swung north to west, in hope and loss, and in the oxbow turn, a beautiful, light, white swan swung Linkarada into view, searching the rushes for its mates.